Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Welcome, listeners. I'm so glad you're tuning in today, which is July 29th, 2020. We have a wonderful guest, Dr. William J. Ruck. We're going to be talking about how to deal with knee pain, and he's written a a great book. I guess it's due out pretty soon called Gut Knee Pain, Where Is Your Tibia? A little background, he, he has a private practice in North Oakland, California, and he spent seven years developing spinal and pelvic dissection procedures. He's photographed and he's x-rayed more than 250 human cadavers in the course of his research. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. (laughs) He's, He's authored nine articles on clinical anatomy, so he really knows the human body. So let's bring him onto our show now. Welcome, William. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I usually ask I, I'm a, my I'm a guests, slow learner, so I just I, use a bunch of stuff over and over again. Yeah, you did. You know, I usually ask my guests, you know, what got you on the path that you're on today, but it's kind of obvious. <laughs> yeah. With you, it's very obvious. So I, I started as an injured person in construction. So I tell my years of construction, I was a, we did remodeling, residential remodeling, and so I have people that come in after car accidents, and so I'm still in a business of doing residential remodeling. You know, if your body has been in an accident. And then what happened? uh, It's like a a seismic event that your house has been in. You've got to put everything back in place. There you go. So that's what we do. I realign things. That's the whole thing about the knee book is... Everyone that I've encountered that has real knee pain is the tibia is not squarely underneath the femur. So, interesting. It occurred to me that since I, I just I teach, and I have mixed responses from my colleagues. Um, yeah. A lot of people in my field like to just manipulate things and get a pop out of the joint, but in my opinion, doesn't really squarely line things up. And for my previous industry I was in, we used to call it a building code violation when things were misaligned. And so uh-huh. when the tibia is not squarely in the femur, I'm calling it a building code violation. And that's your source of arthritis, pain, inflammation, uh, and debilitation. I mean, I just feel my, I'm a, I'm a boomer, and I just feel our, my generation is just headed for, you know, disaster because there's no one that's doing proper care for the injuries we've, you know, sustained over our years. Sustained, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, I get to asked all the time if, well, I, if I do sports injury, and I say I do. I take care of the sports injuries that are 30 and 40 years old. 
you know, the coach told you to get up and walk oh. it off and didn't ever put anything yeah. back in place. And here you are years later with that basketball knee or that volleyball knee. I mean, you know. I tell a story of that 84-year-old comes in, and the reason she came in is that she's had 35 years of knee pain, and the surgeon who wants to replace her knee says, well, what do you expect at your age? And she says, well, wait a minute, what's wrong with my left knee? She goes, what's the deal with my left knee? And he goes, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, they're the same age. (laughs) I love it. So there's a lack lack of logical thought processes going on in our medical communities. And she'd taken a severe fall 35 years earlier. And And if you think about hitting a pavement with your knee bent, and then you go to straighten your knee after the event, is your tibia necessarily going to come back out and be right underneath the femur, or is it going to be slept back a little bit? Yeah. Right? And there's your permanent injury, as we say it. But I can – so and it, she got up, and the look on her face – and she was an author, by the way, and um, just not going to put up with any crap. I mean, that's what brought her in. She felt she was being patronized by the surgeon. And um, and she gets up, and she, and she starts to walk around and do these little, little squat things with her knees, just bend a little bit. And she just looks at me and says, what the hell uh-huh. did you just do? In three minutes, you just got rid of 35 years of knee pain. I said, I just realigned your bones. But she'd already had two surgeries and facing a knee replacement, and she was just aghast. I mean, this is one of the things I have as a reward. It's just the response people give me when they have something realigned. It's an immediate thing. Okay. The pause reinforcement is there. And so I really love going to work every day. Uh-huh. People keep asking me. They look at me and go, God, you're going to fall over any time now, is it? You know, because I'm old. I say, well, I hope the person I'm working on doesn't take it personally when I fall over. <laughs> you know, because well, I, I, I do, plenty, I do of, plenty of uh, your associates how to do it. Well, I, t- I teach uh, at the chiropractic college here in the area, and one of the things I'm teaching is how to take care of older people. So I, I really think our profession is on the wrong track of going after sports medicine. There's so many more uh-huh. of us that need care that are that, and I feel that the mobility that's needed to stay independent living is really, really important. And yeah. for me to help people get motivated, I'll say, you know, you need to do this, this, and this, and do you want to be someplace where dinner's at 5 and you can't be late? And I went, no, 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 no. So you want to stay in your own homes. Everyone wants to stay in their own homes. So how do we facilitate that? Mobility. Knees are a big deal. Uh-huh. Big deal. And mobility is, you know, critical to independent living, I feel. And staying in shape and and just listening to your introduction about health, I just don't see how you can be healthy if you can't move around. Uh And speaking as an older person who's had his share of pain, it's really, really depressing to be debilitated by pain and not be able to do what you want to do. And I have a history of knee injury. And one of the things I have to do is I keep my tibias aligned. So the book goes into how to evaluate where your tibia is. And I figure, you know, the injured person is the most motivated. I mean, it's your knees. You're not going anywhere without them. <laughs> Can what you do learned, things to daily? What have you learned about ligaments? Um, yeah, that's the whole thing. The, the whole front of the book is about ligaments. It's, the lig- it's ligament failure that has your tibia out of place. Is it got, is so, it because it's gotten stretched out? or? Well, yeah, again, think about landing on your knee with the knee bent, right? It's stretching. It's mm-hmm. overstretching your ligaments. To the, to the knee that's pushing your tibia further back than it should be. And so when you go to straighten up, the tibia is not back underneath the femur all the way, and that's a ligament failure. It's a ligament injury. So and how's, then that, other, how, how's that healed? 
Well, the, the ligaments, okay, this is a chiropractic principle. The body wants to heal. But here's the problem, and I explain this. You can't have inflammation in those ligaments and have them expect to heal. Persistent inflammation is your source of arthritis. That's your arthritis, persistent inflammation. Okay. So you have to get the inflammation to stop by putting the bones back in place. Okay. So I'm trying to teach you how to put your bones back in place. So there's an assessment protocol because your knee could be forward, your tibia could be forward or anterior, could be posterior, could be lateral, could be medial. In fact, what I find, I say this in the book, the vast majority of people that have had trauma in their knees, their tibia is lateral to their femur, which means it's to the outside. And I show you how to gently, each little, I'm going to have you do a little maneuver that's, I'm going to say, with the strength it takes to crack an egg. Mm. So I want it done gently but repetitively. Uh Uh-huh. So each little session is you're going to do eight to ten little thrusts, shoving your tibia, moving your tibia, realigning your tibia into the proper position. And I find that after a few weeks, people are finding that they're finding there's less to do. Their tibia is staying in place. And speaking from personal experience, who's had massively displaced tibia after an incident ten years ago, I did not like to have my knees being unstable. So keeping the tibias in place, the, t- the ligaments heal. Well, Fascinating. They heal. It is, and then I have mobility, right? I'm still I'm still in private practice at, you know, just say, class of 65. Yeah, right? long time. So, and, and I want to keep moving. I mean, people keep, almost every day, at least a couple times a week, people say, when are you going to retire? I say, I don't want to retire. I just got a dose of that with the COVID virus thing. You know, we have to, we stayed home for eight weeks. My young staff kept working. They sent the old man home. You know. Yeah, boring. But now everything's so antiseptic there. I just, I feel safe I, with the mask on and everything else. It's like half. It's just my issue would be my eyes and my nasal passages because of the disinfectant that's in the air so much. Mhm. So, but I just get so much joy from putting people back together that it's uh, it's hard to give it up. It's really hard to give it up. And this book is from the fact that I know I can't get to everybody. I can't even get to all the all the chiropractors that I need to get to understand this, and there's so many people with injured knees that it just—it's so easy to put it back in place. It's only two bones. I'm asking for just the alignment of two bones. That's all. The ankle has three bones. The pelvis has three bones. The shoulder has three bones. The elbow has. Okay, so we're not going to go there. We're just going to go with two bones. That's all I'm asking for. Complete weight bearing. The tibia is squarely underneath the femur when you stand up. Now, the other thing that we, we discussed at the end of the book is what not to do with your knees because so many people have personal habits. I have lovely daughters, and they all sit on their legs. Uh, one of them has an injury. The other two don't. Uh, so that one still has persistent, and she hurt herself in 1998. Oh, But she gets on the floor with the kids, and she tucks that right leg underneath her left butt, and there she is on the floor. Uh-huh. With, I can see that she's sitting on her leg with her tibia bent and rotated and but she's she's a mom she does <laughs> you know and every time she goes oh dad can you take a look at this i go yeah get on the table put her back in place so there are personal habits and they there i show a bunch of the personal habits in fact i've had patients tell me the on feedback on the book is that that was the best part that they learned to stop doing certain things with their legs. They were doing, and this is the thing, habits that predate your injury, you still do. 
not realizing that those habits keep your your injury uh, affected, not uh-huh. not healing, keeping it inflamed. Yeah. So I, I make a bold statement here that the source of knee arthritis is the displaced tibia. Period. You don't catch it in line. You didn't get it from your mother. It's the tibia that's out of place. Now, if what's you the sit proper way of sitting? If you, well, that's what's, the thing is that the, I don't want you sitting on your legs. I prefer now to have sit-stand stations for people. Okay. So, for instance, I have a whole lot of folks that are, because um, I'm in the Bay Area, Francisco Bay Area, so we have a whole lot of high-tech folks. And one of the things about people that that are skilled at the computer, and I'm not, even though I, you know, if you watch me use a computer, you just smack me and say, "Get, get out of the way! I'll take care of this." is that they have focus, and that's a skill. And they, they can screen out their screaming joints and their need to go to the bathroom and their need for food and sleep because they're so focused on their tasks. And that's one of the reasons why they're in the high-tech field and they're skilled, focused. But that also means they don't know where their body parts are. They don't know that they're sitting on their leg or they're crossing their ankles or they're tucking their legs around the leg of the chair. They don't know that because they're so focused on their on their on their. On their Verbal, I call it visual cortex looping. You know, uh-huh. your retina, visual cortex, bump, 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 and you don't, you're, everything else is screened out. I always congratulate my students. As I teach seniors, they're close to graduation at the chiropractic college. I always congratulate them on the first day of class, saying, Congratulations on being here. The bad news is, for me to be looking at you today, you've harmed yourself. You've spent years. This is a graduate program, right? So, I mean, you've already gone to college. I mean, how many years have these kids sat? sat? Oh, Most geez. have been in car accidents. Most of them have been in car accidents with being in the seated position. And then they persistently sit. And most of our countries beset with low back pain, and I think there's part of the etiology right there is the persistent sitting. So going back to your question, what's the proper way to sit? I don't think sitting is anything but deforming. And so I try to get people in sit-stand stations. So part of the time you're standing on your feet and part of the time you're perched on a chair, a stool-high chair. Okay. There's no more sitting. So the studies show fifth lumbar disc, average body weight of an individual is 165 pounds, and you put a pressure-sensitive needle in the fifth lumbar disc, and you got a, you got 32 pounds per square inch laying down, standing 140, sitting 280. So the pressure in the low back in the fifth lumbar disc exceeds the body weight of the individual when they're seated. And this is when you're at 9 degrees flexed hips and 9 degrees knees. So could this be the source of the progressive degenerative conditions that we find in our population over the years? Because it's gotten worse over the 20th century and into the 21st century. And I think it's from the persistent sitting and the technology age. It's gone for everyone's in front of their... No doubt. They're computers. And so in going back to your original um, you know, introduction to your show about health, health and mobility, they are, from my point of view, they're so tied together because all of the joints of your body are only going to thrive because of motion. If we take healthy animals and just fix their joints with plaster, after three months they show de- degenerative changes. Uh-huh. Now, they also have faster metabolic rates, so you have this you know, kind of like, a scant look about animal studies, but they're just they're predictors in a sense. You know what I'm saying? So, it, mobility is it, the ligaments are avascular. That means they don't have any blood vessels. So the only way they get nutrition is by moving. 
Your cartilage doesn't have any direct blood supply. So the only way they get nutrition is by motion. Right? The synovial fluid inside your joints is only moved around with, with motion. So all this sedentary behavior actually undermines everything I just said. The lubrication of your joints, uh-huh. the health of your ligaments, and the alignment of your joints. If you keep, and there's a movie that's, a, I don't know, 15 years old called Into Greater Silence, and I don't recommend it. It's a documentary on Cartesian monks who spend 18 hours a day kneeling in prayer. Guess oh, who can't no. stand up straight? Guess who can't stand up oh. straight or straighten their knees? So instead oh. of trauma, instead of trauma to the knee from a direct fall, you know, or like a linebacker runs, you know, I mean, takes you out. You know what I'm saying? Right. How could yeah. you have a medial tibia where the tibia's gone to the inside of your body instead of the outside? Well, that's what the linebacker did to you in high school. Okay. Right? You, can you picture that? Right? Uh-huh. You're standing there, you're, and he's coming in from your side, and he's taking you in from the side. Right? That's how the tibia's going to get medial. But anyway, the, the mo- mobility question for our older folks is, is really critical. You look at the healthiest of our older folks, and you you can be astounded. I've got a, patients that are out and they're and they're doing um, parasailing and um, windsurfing, and they're in their 70s and 80s. Uh-huh. And what's their goal that I have they have for me is to keep them out there. Sure. That's my goal. I got a 95 year old tennis player with a replaced shoulder. Oh, his, his, his favorite line is, how could you let such a decrepit old man beat you so, and he pauses, so badly. <laughs> He's a Wimbledon champion from the 40s. And he, I take care of some of his victims as well. So he's he, he's a very gracious guy if he's not on the court. doesn't have a tennis racket in his hand. <laughs> right? Yeah, watch out. Yeah, watch out, exactly. But that might, that's his goal, is just keep playing tennis five, six times a day if you can. Men's national yeah. champion in his age group. Got to keep him going. Got to keep those tibias in place. Got to keep his other parts in place. So that's, and I, uh, one of the classes I teach, and I have an internet class. I don't, it's not a class, but it's just a series of videos of me lecturing and t- demonstrating, you know, chiropractic manipulation and uh, adjusting. On older folks, People have had surgeries, people with advanced arthritis, and including knee replacements. So just to go back to the knee book for a second, I've never found anybody that has a knee replacement where the tibia is underneath the knee, underneath the femur, ever. Really? Yeah. In fact, I have patients that have had knee replacements, and you know, I look at the films and go, okay. And they come in after the procedure, and I still have to put the tibia back in place to get them to go, oh, geez, I got it. That day. Thank you. <laughs> they, let's say they never got it quite right. Never got it huh. quite right, and so. Why? Why do you suppose that happens? I just think it's training. I just think it's training. I don't have any other so explanation for it. No, I mean, so the surgeons go in and they do their surgery. They replace How their parts. They, not... they do their stuff, and they don't squarely put the bones back in place. I don't know why. I'm I'm baffled. I'm hmm. baffled, and I don't have any explanation for it. Except I have this whole series of stories they do for my classes about how. Medical school causes brain damage. <clears throat> I would think that an orthopedic surgeon would know everything about bones. No, actually, they're quite specific. So I have the knee guys say that there's nothing about the knee that the ankle could affect or the pelvis could affect. So today, the person with the half kneecaps, 
I had to get walking around. The knees came apart, but so did her ankles. So I adjusted her ankles again and adjusted her knees, and I taped her ankles. And then her knees stayed in place. Her tibia stayed in place. Mm. But she's gone. She and she's leaving my place to go out to her place where she lives. So she boards horses. I mean, what is she doing for a living, right? I mean, twelve hundred pound. Yeah. You know. That's right. So she's she's dealing with water, hay, manure, and then exercising them, because you can't just have horses hanging out. You have to exercise them. And uh, she's into dressage. I don't know if you know what that is. Yes. She's got this community of equestrians. We some people just call it fancy horse riding. Yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, is you know challenging, and they're athletes. By any any just any description you want to call, they're athletes. But they're all older. They're not in their twenties. Th- I mean, I'm sure they were, they were were at one point, but now they're all. Yeah, it's take, taken most, a long Mostly time, women, yeah. older women, and they don't want to give it up. So my goal is to keep them. I mean, what's the first question after they get up off the table? You know, after an incident, is when can I ride again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get this one. She's a veterinarian, and she's carried into my office after a horse riding incident. And she gets up and she oh. starts walking without her crutches. And she turns to me and says, so when can I start riding again? I said, if you were the doctor in the situation, doctor, what would your be your protocol? She goes, oh, cage rest. I said, <laughs> I don't get cage rest as a protocol. I mean, I can hospitalize somebody, but, you know, that's it. I, you know? Mm-hmm. Cage rest. Thank you very much. Yeah. So that's their goal. The equestrians, they have to be on horses. They just they're not riding. They're not happy. They're unhappy. So you got to keep them in oh, shape. Beautiful and, animal. Yeah, no, they're great to be around. But we so also how take care of all no medication these. remedy for pain. Yeah, there's no these. medication. You think about this, it's like there's no pill that's going to line up your tibia. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just don't. There's no pharmacology that's going to do it. So, and if that's the that's what you've only given as your as your as your source of relief is just a prescription and no actual care. So are you are are you saying that that most people that have knee pain it it is only because of the tibia? Well, that's the thing. As I try to explain later in the book, there's other sources of pain that people will call knee pain. So you have another bone that's just below the knee joint called the fibula on the outside of your legs. And a lot of times if that the fibula joint pops and it can do that when you're twisting. So tennis uh-huh. and other skiing. And, and it is certainly possible that you can injure both your knee joint and the fibula joint simultaneously. You know what I'm saying? You can be uh-huh. thorough about this, right? But I've had it happen a number of times. And if you put your finger right to the outside of your leg, below your knee, you find this bone right there. There's a joint between the outside bone and your tibia. That's a separate joint to the, to the knee, and sometimes if that joint's injured, people are going to call that knee pain. I see. And if you look at where it is, it's so clear. And I have to say, when I start to, to see someone, you know, like an examination, show me where it hurts, because I see what they write. You know, so a lot of times they'll say hip pain, but they put their finger on the outside of their of their leg, which is not technically their hip. But I don't I'm not going to grade them on their knowledge of anatomy. They're not my students. <laughs> right? 
So i got to see what they're talking about. Now, the other thing is if you put your hand down the inside of your knee, just below your knee, you can feel how the, the tibia slopes towards the outside a little bit. Right yes. there, yes. you have five you have five muscles anchor on that point right there. That's called the pes anserine, and you've got five muscles that attach there. Now, wow. if your pelvis is out of place, those five muscles can be very upset, and where you're feeling your pain is on that plateau underneath the tibia. But, again, most people are going to call that knee pain. Mm. So when someone comes in and they have knee pain, I, I want to find out where your bones are. I'm going to inspect the entire you know, area, looking for the building code violations. And <laughs> if, you, if you've been in a car accident and your foot's been on the brake of the moment of impact, then I'm going to guarantee your ankle is out of place, your fibula is out of place, your tibia is out of place, and your hip bone's out of place. And that's just the lower part of your body. Yeah. And I got a class of 48 students that walk in and say, how many of you have not been in a car accident? Three people raise their hands. Because I say, if I ask the other question, how many people have been in a car accident, I have to do a lot of counting. <laughs> so I'm lazy. So what's the shorter number here? So, and, and that happened last year, and this one guy goes, hey, he's been in two plane crashes. I said, take your hand down. You know, okay, well, any kind of crash. I don't care. I don't care. Seismic events. And this one woman, she's six foot three with bright red hair, and she, and she, I said, she's never, I said, what have you crashed? She said, I've never been in a car accident. I said, what have you crashed? She, oh, you mean my knee surgery from snowboarding? Okay, bingo. Bingo. Crashing is considered like a seismic event to a house. Yeah. Right? And after a, your house gets hit by an earthquake, wh- what do you want your contractor not to inspect? Exactly. And then the orthopedists, they're also, they're all what I call um, uh, subcontractors. You know, you got an electrician, you got uh-huh. a plumber. You don't want your plumber helping you with your roof. You know what I'm saying? I feel, you don't necessarily want your roofer in your kitchen. You know what I'm saying? So the knee guy doesn't feel there's anything to do with the ankle that affects the knee. And he's never going to look at your pelvis that relates to the knee. So I find an ankle that's out of place can really cause, dis- you know, again, you've like the case today, her ankle injuries are concomitant with her knee injuries. <laughs> So I have to I have to look at the whole thing. I feel like I'm more of a general contractor than a, than a subspe you know, the, uh, you know specialist. So I feel that's what I'm trying to train my chiropractic students how to how to look at from point of view because they've all been crashed. I mean, 38 students, all been in. I'm sorry, there's nothing. They're not. There's nothing in that's not injured. <laughs> they don't know. It's really sad, but it's true. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So and 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 I don't know how it is because you're back east, but out here with what's no, happening I'm, with traffic. No, I'm not. I'm I'm in California. Okay, so we have more cra- overturned crashes. I've never heard so many overturned vehicle incidences on a daily basis. That now that we have less cars on the highway. They're driving too fast. They're driving too fast. Well. There's oh, and I'm saying that. And I ask my students, okay, we're talking about this. They say, who in here wants to go skiing on the 1916 gold medal Olympic winning skis? And they all laugh at me. Mm-hmm. I go, why? Why are you guys laughing at me? And they go, well, that, they're, they're too slow. Who'd want to go skiing on skis that have, you know, we want to go fast. Well, okay, what's the consequence of going fast? 
right? Is your mishaps. You go faster, you have greater injuries. So, and the other thing I try to point out is that we have more and more people right, that are having knee replacements and hip replacements at a younger age because of these incidences, these crashes. And so we're going to have to have care going into our later years to stay mobile, to stay functional, stay and from my point of view, stay independent. Huh. You know, that's the big deal, independent living. And most people don't think about that till they're after age 70. But it is a huge, huge problem. My generation, the boomer generation, is going to just bankrupt this country unless we can keep them mobile. Yeah. You know, that's and I'm just true. going to tell you, you don't want my... My generation in assisted living, we're going to be a bunch of jerks. Demanding, complaining, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> going to drive all the staff crazy. <laughs> so we better just keep us out there moving around causing trouble on our own. So, listeners, I encourage you to um, look out for William J. Ruck's book, Gut Knee Pain, Where Is Your Tibia? Where can they purchase your book, or when is well, it Well, supposedly out? they're all on Amazon. Okay. Outskirts Press has, um, has, got, has published an e-book, and it says it was uh, published in May, but I haven't actually been able to get a hold of the final copy. Okay. So I assume this is all COVID-related, why everyone's moving in slow motion. Yes, everything is. Yeah, everything feels like it's moving in slow motion. It takes so much longer to get things done. Do you have a website? I have a website. William Ruck. Tell our listeners. William DC. It goes to my office website, uh, North Oakland Chiropractic. We're going to build a website just for the books. So your website is? William Ruck J Ruck DC William Ruck DC oh, William com. J Ruck and and Ruck is spelled R U C is a cat H yeah and that's yeah. D- um, then DC dot com yes yes okay great and I have another book out there I'll promote called If Mom's Not right. Happy No One's Happy and it has to do with labor and delivery and keeping mom happy while she's pregnant and we haven't had anybody in our office yet go over ten hours. We just oh, had one wow, come in. She's due, she's due, she's due August ninth. Her last one was five hours, four hours, four and a half hours. Oh. And her husband and I, teach him, well? I teach him. I teach them how to level the pelvis. I just show him how to ana- analyze it, and then she, and he goes, okay, this is what. Yeah, I remember this is what I did five years ago. This is her second kid. She says four. Yeah, this is what we're going to do it again. We're gonna do we're going to do this in less than five hours. Wonderful. So we just I just think it's crazy to have a stalled labor because your pelvis is misaligned. But uh-huh. that is not a clinical entity that the OBGYNs and orthopedists look at on, on level pelvis. It's just not. Mm-hmm. You don't see it on MRI of your lumbar spine, so it doesn't exist. Very true. Apparently. But I've taught my, my office manager's mother's a midwife, OBGYN nurse, and uh, works at Alta Bates, our, our local, one of our local hospitals here. And I taught her how to level pelvis. And she came in about three months later and says, you're killing me. I go, what do you mean? She goes, I'm now the go-to person for all the difficult labor and deliveries at Alta Bates and Summit Systems. Oh, and my, my phone's gosh. not stopped ringing. Oh, my and so gosh. shortly after that, she had a stroke, and she had to take a few months off, and then came back to work and worked for a few more months, and then she had a heart attack. So That's she's horrible. in her lot of stress. She's in her 60s. 
so I get her back. We get her back to work, and so um, I I hear from her daughter that she, the mom delivered eight babies in four hours last night. I went, holy shit! Oh, I need to get her on video, crazy. so I can talk to her because she's her health is so impaired. I mean, I'm sorry, but I just feel she's at risk now. So we got her in very much so in the studio, and she's saying, oh, four hours. Yeah, eight babies in four hours. You know, it gets really busy there. Our actual record is 13 babies in 90 minutes. I walk into a labor room, level the pelvis, splash, I get a baby. I walk down the hallway, level the pelvis, splash, I get a baby. So I'm saying pre- delayed labors are preventable. Birth trauma to children, which is related to 24 hours of labor or more, is preventable. Uh-huh. Part of the problem is, and people are getting upset with this, is that 30, 38 hours of labor with a, an emergency C-section is very good billing. Horrible. Very, very good billing. My niece, who's a nurse, history of scoliosis and all this problems, car accidents. So if I teach her husband how to keep her pelvis level, three hours, three hours. And does Margaret want to hang out in the in the hospital with her new baby? No. No. <laughs> no. She wants new. to go home as soon as possible. She's got. She only has a master's degree in emergency medicine. <laughs> She doesn't want any intervention. She doesn't want epidurals. She doesn't want any of the interventions that she sees happening that actually cause more complications. So that's another goal I have is to get babies delivered safely, quickly. And I'm not sure if moms will will be willing to have more babies. I'm not sure. But And then the other thing I'll just mention is, do you think there's going to be a birth uh, boom here next year? If we start isolating in March and April? Shouldn't there be a baby boom yes. next year sometime? Okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for thank coming you so on much. our it's show, fun, it was Dr. Fun talking William to you. Ruck. Yes. Really appreciate take it. Care. Take care. All right. All bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. All right, that wraps up our show for today. Please join us again next Wednesday. We'll have another wonderful guest, as always, for you. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer? Now What? for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? 